all the TARDIS. It can travel anywhere in time and space. And it's mine. Go on, say Most people do. <laughs> smaller on the outside. Hey, what's up? And welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, Sotocast. The first, the best, and the only Doctor Who podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and I will be the Time Lord with you this evening, and with me as always is... Andy! Who is the Companion. Welcome back to another uh, special week of Doctor Who, one of the few episodes of this season that is written by Mr. Moffat. Moffat, so far anyway. Yeah, um, and... Uh, First of all, uh, one, one question I have to give you uh, before we get into this, do you think this is going to be a two-parter? Did it say to be continued? <laughs> I don't think it did, but uh, although I always stop it right at the end, I did not notice a next time uh, uh, title up there. Oh, I'm not sure. I think it went like straight into the credits instead, it might be which is interesting. Yeah, that, that might be true. Um, so, last time, in the last week's episode, it ended with the Doctor, he's still blind. And yes, basically and that was very important. It's very important. And uh, and then this episode kind of goes through a, a couple of storylines at the same time, but not at the same time. One's a flashback, and then one's yeah. And a interesting, the story. flashback said a long time ago, didn't it? I fr- I don't know. It if it's like a long a, time I think ago. it said like a very long time ago, which is interesting. Um, I guess I'll get into that a little bit later because because there's a little more we need to talk about that i think first. it would probably be easiest if we talk about one story and then talk about the flashbacks uh, instead of going back and forth like the show does so talk about the main story and then go back to the flashbacks after that yeah okay all right so this episode is called Ex- extremis 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 Ex- like i was i was saying to you uh before we start the podcast does that does that title sound familiar to you at all no <laughs> that I believe is the name of of the thing in Iron Man three that the thing that like makes people blow up. No. Oh, the yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 the uh, the 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 hot. I know the, it's the, yeah. I know it's the name of a of a classic Iron Man uh, comic book line, but I believe it was the title of the uh, uh, of the technology that was used in the movie as well. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, doesn't really relate to the episode in any way, but that but that title kind That's of reminds me of that. No, this episode was a cross between The Matrix and Inception. Yeah, that's about it. That's about <laughs> that's the best way I can uh, ex- explain this. And thank you for tuning into Smaller. <laughs> and that's it. Sorry. Um, and a, and a bit of Lost. A little bit of Lost. Flashbacks. Uh, well, flashbacks are in, like, everything, so you can't just say it's a little bit of Lost. Well, I mean, it kind of started with Lost, so. Oh, yeah. Lost was the first flashbacks ever. <laughs> it was the first, the first uh, show where flashbacks were, like, a core uh, feature of the show, so, yeah. And this episode was Doctor-centric. Freaking, no. <laughs> um, uh, Nardole-centric. Nardole-centric. <laughs> Nardole-centric. Uh, this episode starts off, and... Well, I guess that's the flashback, so we're going to keep on going. 
and then the doctor is blind. Okay, so the doctor's blind, and he gets an email called Extremis. He's using the sonic sunglasses. Which he can apparently I see through? I don't understand. They're, like, yeah, connected they're, to him? It's, it's sort of like, yeah, it's connected to his mind. Um, sort of like the sonic screwdriver, you know, he can always read what it's what it's saying, even though obviously there's mm. no clear picture there. So there's some kind of mental link, probably. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this last last uh, episode, but not th- now he's actually got a reason to wear the sonic sunglasses. Yes, he actually does. <laughs> they were always they were just... always kind of annoying before, but now he's actually got a valid reason for them. Yep, he's blind that he's actually using them for sonic reasons. And uh, now here, here's here's something that bugged me about that. He's wearing these sunglasses. And we'll get into it a little bit later, but he's in these dark environments later on. And Bill doesn't get it. I'm like, okay, he was just blind in the previous episode. Why aren't you piecing this together? <laughs> <laughs> because it's Bill, you know. I don't know. <laughs> she She's always kind of uh, out daft. <laughs> beginning. Um, so okay. another thing that's interesting, <laughs> he, he's he's wearing his, his sunglasses, but you also notice that he has a working screwdriver, too. Yeah, so I, I guess he just does have a, a bunch of those now. Yeah, just a bunch of like grab another one, yeah. Unlike the other previous screwdrivers, whenever they broke, you'd have to make a new one, but whatever. Yeah, uh, that, no no sense wasting your time anymore. It's just you got a, a bunch of them laying around, so there you go. Um, he gets an email, but I think it kind of it goes into the intro at that point, and when it comes back, then he's... Um, Approach. The email said the email said extremist on it, right? Right, the subject, and yeah. and then when it comes back from the intro uh, sequence, he's contacted by some Vatican folks from Rome or whatever. Uh, and now, where does, does this take place in the same place that he was just at a minute ago, or is he back I, in his it's, office? Or it's, it's I don't remember. It's a different place. Whatever it is, I was can't. He, was he back of, in his office? No, 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 he was at his classroom. That's right. He was in his classroom. So it's a different right. spot than when he got the email. Yeah. And so he's approached by the Vatican, including the Pope himself. He's, he's like, like, why Why does the Pope show, him, show his face? He is here. <laughs> it's like, the Pope doesn't go around with a Pope-mobile and just go places, which I guess does make sense uh, based off of what's going on in this episode. But now, there. here's the thing. Here's the thing. I guess they don't need to explain this, given the uh, subject of the episode. But first of all, how did they get there with nobody noticing? And second of all, how did they get back to the Vatican? I'm I'm guessing, did they, they take got, the TARDIS back? They took the TARDIS, because <laughs> you, you notice all the Vatican people were in the TARDIS. They were in the TARDIS? Yeah, they were outside of it hey, that's and right, inside That's of right, that's right, that's right. I forgot about that. So, okay. yeah, so basically, I think the idea is they're contacting Robert Langdon. I'm sorry, the doctor. I know, that's what I said in the beginning. This feels like the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're contacting him for help because what's going on is they got this super secret Veritas document. That... Which, to me, that reminds me of, of Angels and Demons, right? Wasn't there something like that? Like a secret a secret library of, of forbidden knowledge there or whatever? There was the, the... Because that's real. The, uh, the Vatican archives. That's real. Um, and it was in Angels and Demons. Uh, okay. but yes, it's, it's a real place. Um, well, this is more, this, this episode was more along the line of, of, uh, forbidden knowledge. Right. Like, That's... like, uh, what did they call it? Uh, 
I forget. There's you know, there's a word for that in in religious. Uh, oh, I don't know. When it when it when it's basically it's it's knowledge that kind of suggests that the religion is wrong, that sort of thing. Yeah, sacrilege. <laughs> no, <laughs> what's it called? That's gonna be uh, annoying me. But anyways, um, yes, the the Vatican archives are always in popular heresy. I don't know. Yeah, I sure. Well, we'll just Heretical go with that. knowledge, something like that. Um, in popular culture, the Vatican uh, archives are always seen as the secret, very secret things that lots of cool stuff is found in, but really it's just historical stuff. Um, anyways, uh, the idea is this document called Veritas is getting leaked to the public through the internet, and whoever reads it kills themselves. Um, and that it's even more powerful suggestion because, um, you know, the, what are they called? Cardinals? The Cardinals are killing themselves, even though they know that's a sin and they'll go to hell for it, but they're willing to take right. that instead of, you know, and you nobody know, knows why this is happening. Yeah. Um, obviously the doctor's interested in that. By the way, Veritas, what does that remind you of? That was in Smallville, right? Yes. Both in in both it was a secret thing, and both it means truth. Uh, but in what's, yeah, what's the word actually mean? I believe, I thought it means truth, but I don't know. Um, in Smallville, Veritas was a secret club that was awaiting the Traveler, otherwise known as Superman. Yeah, Roman Roman mythology Verit- Veritas meaning truth was yeah. the goddess of truth. Goddess of truth, yeah. So in Smallville, it was about Superman and a secret club that knew about him and knew that he was coming. So that was that was made by uh, you know the the guy. That who, was that, Oliver. Wasn't that Oliver Queen's parents? What? No. I mean, he. They might have been a part of it. They were but involved. It, they yeah, they might have been involved, but it was created uh, by the the dude who played Superman in the movies, uh, Christopher Reeves. That that character. He created it. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's anyways, right. we're getting off topic here, off show. Um, <laughs> so the doctor's interested, so he takes everybody on the TARDIS, and they kind of fly all over the place, including um, interrupting Bill's date, um, because suddenly the Pope walks into the room, and that's a little awkward. <laughs> For they, many reasons. And then, yeah, and then they walk into her bedroom, and there's just all these... Vatican people standing around, <laughs> sort of kind of looking like a cult or something. Um, but she tells him not to do that, you know, interrupt dates and whatnot. When I'm on a date, please don't bring the Pope to my bedroom. <laughs> it's not cool. Um, so they go off to the Vatican archives, um, and they're just kind of wandering around, and then some a light appears at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> well, sort of. Uh, they see a figure standing beyond the light. Well, first of all, I thought it was funny how the doctor needed Nardole to say, Oh, look at that. Uh, a strange blue light coming from around the corner about uh, ten feet in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nardole. Uh, you see that there's a person standing somewhere in the light, but the doctor doesn't see it with his uh, glasses because it doesn't exist because there's like a wall there instead. That's all his glasses see. Right. Um, but they all see it, and then it vanishes, and it's a wall again. Um, and I guess they just kind of keep on going until they find the Veritas book. 
Um, but the doctor needs to be alone because he doesn't want everybody to know he's actually blind and he needs the special device to, to help him read it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go off and I don't know what they're, what are they doing when they go off? There, uh, it was the guy that was there before he had a gun and, uh, he, they hear a gunshot. The doctor they knows go off he's to dead. investigate. Yeah. The doctor knows he's dead, but he sends him off anyway so that he can be alone. Right. So they go off to find everything. This is where kind of our story split up a little bit. The doctor needs this little device to help him read him. How that happens is he like gives himself a, a shock to his brain. Now this is interesting. Because he's saying he's borrowing from his future. Yeah, so, so yeah, it says that he gets to see for 20 minutes, and but he doesn't know uh, what he has to sacrifice to do that. You know, for a whole, he knows he has no more regenerations left, or, you know, maybe he'll die. Uh, <laughs> he'll he'll uh, kill over and die and just right after he's done with it. He doesn't know, but he knows he's sacrificing something to get those uh, 20 minutes of vision. I'm claiming smell. <laughs> just something silly so that he it, the show can keep on going without having that as a drawback. Like, something silly, like, I can't smell anything anymore. You know? Well, uh, perhaps we'll get into some more. I don't, actually, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but <laughs> or 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 other thing, or he'll only have one heart. Um, yeah, he'll uh, he becomes human now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> one human. Anyways, he shocks his brain, but it doesn't work perfectly. He's still like he's like it's still blurry. It's really blurry. It's like he's drunk and he's like. Uh, uh, can't see anything as well as he thought he was going to be able to. But he knows something is around him, lurking, watching him. Um, and he he uh, he gets a, catches a glimpse of it, and it's like this alien creature thing that kind of looks like uh, the I, the silence, but not really. And it's like it a corpse. Does, it did look like something that we've seen before, but, but it, not exactly. It, like it like reminded a, me of something. I couldn't think of exactly what. It was like a corpse. Like, like what know. about those things from uh, when he was trapped in that puzzle that uh, that was inside of uh, Gallifrey? Oh yeah. I'm thinking that that's coming to mind, but I don't know if they actually looked alike or not. I can't remember what those, but yeah, I don't think it's perfectly the same, but uh, it, it's just one of those things. Um, <laughs> the um, okay, so he, he at this point he he is not able to read the book. Because there's scary things around him, so he has to like escape and stuff. But meanwhile, now, this this whole this whole spooky book, uh, don't read the book or or bad things will happen. This kind of is familiar to us uh, for another show, right? Right. What what show? <laughs> I don't know. Agents of Shield. Oh right right right. Because there's, there's that Darkhold book that you know you can't really read it or or crazy bad things are going to happen to you like. I think people turned into ghosts or whatever or something, oh, something yeah, weird that, like that. that, that, something like that yeah, yeah, and so <laughs> and it's, it's kind of reminded me of that a little bit. I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Another show we're talking about. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's okay if we go on little tangents here and there. Um, as long as we stay on focus. So Bill and Nardo are off, and they find the light at the end of the tunnel again. And they decide just to go on and uh, go through it. That's smart. Because... Who knows, you know? Adventure and stuff. Um, they go through, and it's just, just this tiny little room with, like, maybe ten doors around the room. And they walk through each one, and they find that each one 
is connected to this like big important place. So one is the the first one they go into is the is the Pentagon. The Pentagon, uh, and then there is the, the White House. The White House is later. Uh, but White that House is there. later. The next one they go to and is CERN, CERN, which, uh, which is the large, large hydron collider. But they don't talk about that in this. Um, right. It's just it is just what it is. Um, but the CERN was probably the most important one that they stopped in. Um, so they go in there, and everybody's about to blow themselves up. And now things are getting a little weird. Now here's the here's the thing with that for me. Uh, well, let let's go a little bit further and explain why what's happening is happening before I before I get into that. All right. <laughs> so I have they... a, I have a comment on what's happening there in CERN that I don't agree with 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 what happened there, but. Mm. So they have a countdown going, and they're all ready in five minutes to to die, and they're all excited. It's a big party. Um, and under the they don't look excited. Well, well, <laughs> one of the guys does, anyways. He's like, "Oh yeah, you ready? Let's do it." Um, under the table, they have a bunch of like TNT, like cartoon TNT looking things, and they're all ready to blow each other up. And so Bill's like, "Why are you doing this? Why are you blowing yourself up?" And they're like. You haven't read the Veritas document yet? And so he starts to prove his point about what's going on, even though he's not telling us what's going on. He tells them to think of any number, any number at all, and say it out loud when I slap this desk. That's actually an important point there, too. Yeah, and he slaps... Because they have to think of the number at the exact same same time. Right. And he slaps the desk several times, and they keep on repeating the different numbers but they're they're saying it at the same time every and then everybody starts saying it at the same time everybody's thinking the same number um no matter how random it is they're all so that's like a so big point. It, at this point we we realize there's something weird going on but we still don't know what it is right other than the fact that th- that they're about to blow up now yes about they're about to blow up now um they don't tell her why this is happening, so they run back, because they're about to blow up anyway, so they run right. back into that room. Thankfully, it's still there, and the white light didn't go away. Um, right, so what would happen if they go back? It'd just be like a like a crater? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But this is when Nardole uses his uh, his detectiving skills. His uh, artificial intelligence. His Sherlock skills. Thanks, thank you, Steve Okay, well, when you, as, as you mentioned Sherlock... Uh, I don't know if if it was just me, but uh, throughout the episode, the music sounded very Sherlockian to me. I didn't hear Sherlock music. It sounded very much. It it wasn't exactly the same, but it 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 sounded like it could have been made by the same composer, even though I'm pretty sure it's the same guy that does do- all of Doctor Who. But it sounded that way. Hmm. Well, wow. Nardole. Which I'll get to in just a second. Nardole points out that he's figured it all out. That these white lights and doorways are all holographic projections. Not only that, but the entire world that they are experiencing is virtual reality, basically, and, and everybody's so he, fake. And then he go he tries to see, okay, what would happen if we move behind the projectors, and then he disappears because he is a projection too. He's like, oh no, I'm not real, and then he disappears. But doesn't so it turns she out- try to do it? So it turns out we we are seeing all these doors. They go to different locations that are all projections. Uh, I think as it turns out, they're all part of the same projection. 
but when I was watching this, I felt like it could be different uh, worlds and different uh, universes almost. And while I was thinking that, right, you know, I said I, I, this music sounded like it reminded me of Sherlock throughout the entire episode or throughout a lot of the episode. And so at this point, I was like, oh, please let one of these doors be Sherlock's world. <laughs> That would be so awesome. <laughs> that would be interesting, just connecting them like that. Yeah, because th- then, you know, it doesn't actually have to be a real part of Doctor's, the Doctor's world. It could be an alternate universe, you know. Yeah. Alternate virtual reality universe. Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I didn't think about the music, though. Um, pretty cool. But, okay, so Nardal disappears, but doesn't... I could have sworn Bill tried to do the same thing and didn't disappear. No, she she almost went past the barrier, but then she didn't. She I, thought, I thought she already did, and then she's like, oh, I'm, I'm real, so, and then she's okay. gone. So it turns out the the number thing, which is – the doctor explains this in a minute, but the number thing is uh, when, you, when you program a computer, uh, random numbers – he doesn't fully explain this, but random numbers on a computer are kind of based around time. So if, if you have two computer programs that pick a random number at the exact same point in time, they're probably going to pick the same – random number i guess that's kind of the idea it's not 100 percent accurate but that's the idea of it is that um computers are good at simulating like predictable patterns but not good at simulating randomness and so two people picking a random number at the same time are going to be the same exact thing if they're part of a simulation right and i guess that's what the veritas document explains right uh, and that less uh complicated uh terms because it was written 2000 years ago but uh <laughs> it was translated right um so this is where i take issue with cern cern are scientists if scientists found out they were living a simulation they would be really excited and wanting to test that out and see all, all, what kind of things they could do with that simulation they would not be suicidal <laughs> Well, what was it? Well, the doctor said they would want to perform experiments on that. <laughs> well, what did the doctor say Everybody about else, that? Everybody sure. else, The scientists, no. But what would the doctor say? Well, he said something about why the people are actually killing themselves. Because they're acting in uh, rebellion to the uh, the programmers. Basically, they're saying, "No, you you won't get. You know, this is a this is a simulation, sort of like The Sims." No, you don't get the satisfaction of seeing your simulation uh, end up the way it was supposed to. Hmm. That sort of thing. It's a rebellion against the rebellion. simulation. Rebellion, I'm going to kill myself and never experience... Oh, I don't know. Uh, okay, fine, whatever. But either, that was... either that or it's, or it's just, like you said, like Inception, where your world is not real, and so you just want to exit that world uh, by killing yourself. I don't know about that. If I found out I was dreaming, I usually like to stick around and freaking do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> James, worlds are fun. So like I, I said, I, I think CERN would be of the same idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the last door she walks in is the White House. He's explaining all of this because he found a translation on the interwebs. And for some he reason... Found, he found software that would that would speak it to him. Again, this doesn't alert Bill whatsoever. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, so the idea is that neither the doctor or Bill have been real this entire time. Uh, but apparently, I was, afraid, I was really afraid when this was happening. I was like, "Are you gonna say that the entire history of Doctor Who was a simulation? Don't do that." <laughs> I, I had the weirdest <laughs> dream. I know. Um, but apparently, everything's fake. Everything in this world is fake, except for email. 
<laughs> well, it's more like I think it's more like hacking the Matrix, where he's sort of sending a message through the Matrix to the real world, sort of sort of the idea of that. I don't know about that. I really don't know about that. That sounds. But okay. apparently, this this Matrix simulation thing is connected to the to the real world internet. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, email's real, so this fake doctor sends an email to the real doctor saying, hey, this is what's up. Uh, it tells the story of what we already saw. Yeah, which is weird. It's actually really weird because the doctor gets the message, right? And mm-hmm. is he preparing for it all to happen again? No, he knows that that simulation was done by some alien race in order to conquer the world. So he knows that that alien race is coming to conquer okay. the world. So that simulation oh, okay. is done to try to set up, you know, uh, simulations of, of what would happen if they try to conquer this way. What would happen if they try to conquer this way? The simulations help them solve all the problems they might encounter. But why did he tell Bill to call that girl? <laughs> Probably because the world's about to end. So, uh, I don't know. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about the flashback scenes. Basically, it starts, the actual episode starts off with a flashback saying, all right, we got this machine that's really good at killing time lords. This, this and you're another, like, this is another twist right here, too. Yeah. A quick one, but it, it was a, it kind of, it kind of, it was a bait and switch idea. Yeah. They, they, you're they, you're they thinking said, the doctor's about to kill himself or something. Yeah. It's a, it sounds like the, uh, this is some technology that's it's it's created to kill a time lord to get rid of their regenerations and kill them, but right. they need they need someone to keep an eye on them for a thousand years just to make sure they don't come back. Basically, yes. And so you're thinking it's going to be the doctor, right? Because he's the one they're telling this to, and then he says we need another, another time lord, time lord to, to to look over and make sure and blah blah blah, and then out comes Missy. And so you're we like, assume this is his guard. Uh, right, and that Missy's going to kill him and everything. And like, oh, it's the other way around. The Doctor's right. there to kill Missy and, and, and everything. And Nardo's there, and this is when we get to our vow. Now, this is interesting. Um, uh, the, when this takes place is when, when he talks to Nardo, uh, right? Or no, when he talks to Missy, is Missy reveals this information, right, of when this takes place? Yes. So let's let's discuss that then. Okay, you go. <laughs> I don't well, remember uh, I'm tr- I'm having a little bit of trouble remembering exactly the way it went down. But uh, Missy said last time, last thing she had heard was the doctor had like settled down and uh, retired with uh, at the Derillium at the at the place where he went with uh, River Song, right? Right. And then and then she goes, oh, because she. He find, she kind of figures out that Rivers died. And basically, that to me suggests that that just happened before this moment. Maybe. That was right before the thing with... Uh, with uh, So this happened right after River Song died. And then this probably happened right before the Christmas special we just had, which was the, the superhero one. Because mm-hmm. he said bas- basically that he had just uh, lost somebody's... Uh, special. We assumed it was uh, River Song, but it could have also been referring to uh, Missy in some way, too. Well, except he didn't really lose her. Didn't lose her, but sort of. So he kills her. Well, no, he he acts like he does. And he does vow to watch over her for a thousand years. Right. Um, So we finally get the answer to that. Yes. But we also learn that he didn't kill her, he just trapped her. 
uh, because they also have that. Because they have the vault and everything. And then he keeps her in there, and he he vowed to watch over for a thousand years. A thousand years. Now, this is interesting because this, this, at the very beginning, it said the flashbacks take place a very long time ago. So what I'm wondering is how long has he been watching over Missy's uh, tomb? Uh, that is a, it's an interesting question. They have not actually we, told we us how long is there. He's been teaching at the school for possibly 70 years, right? Right. Could could he've been watching this this uh, this prison for longer than that? I like, consider. Could, could him, it be near? Could it be close to that thousand years? I don't, I don't know. think it would be because he keeps saying he's two thousand years old. So what, I think he, he would be three thousand. Yeah, he would be closer to three thousand if that was the case. But it could be hundreds of years. All right. All right. So basically, um, I was pretty darn sure the entire time that the vault contained the master, not necessarily Missy, but the master. Okay. Because um, I forgot even how it ended uh, with Missy. I can't even remember what happened with Missy. The last thing Missy was in. Let's see. This is an interesting one because I don't know. I want to say that, you know, Cybermen, like, double episode, but... No, it's past that. Oh, is it? Yeah, that was the first time we found out who she was. Uh, I don't know. This is hard to figure out. Let me see here. Uh, appearances. Here we go. She was in The Magician's Apprentice and The Witch's Familiar, mm. which is the beginning of Season 9. So okay. right after the end of Season 8, she's in the beginning of Season 9. And then she just disappears, or...? Um, let's see, what happens to Missy at the end? Wasn't she going to be, like, the, the master of the Daleks or something? Oh, I don't remember. Didn't it, didn't it end with her, like, becoming the king of the Daleks or something like that? I don't remember that, but it could be, I guess. Yeah, I don't remember for sure. It's something along those lines. We Like, we thought that was going to come up later in the season, and it never, never did. It never did. That's why I'm having trouble remembering, because that was, like, a long time ago. <laughs> Missy is caught by the Dalek. Continuing to run through the collapsing building, Missy is caught by the Daleks but tells them that she has an idea, and that's kind of how it ends with her. Oh, if she has an idea. Oh, goodness. Um, we'll see if that plays out at all. <laughs> wonder what her idea was. Um, but, yeah, so I, I was pretty sure that it was going to be the Master. So that okay. part was confirmed. But still, my spoiler has not happened yet. Well, that's a spoiler in itself. <laughs> well, sort of. But not really. I don't know. Um, other than that, that was the episode. It was uh, Stephen Moffat for sure. One of his last yes. episodes. <laughs> I, I did not know that. When I was watching the episode, I didn't pay attention to the uh, to the opening titles very closely. So I didn't notice Stephen Moffat's name. But throughout the episode, like I was like really like on the edge of my seat, you know, paying close attention. And when the, the twists happen, um, by the end of the episode, I was like, this has got to be Moffat, right? And I looked it up and sure thing. Yeah. And <laughs> you just tell, you know, you can feel it. And obviously, because it never actually happened, the doctor is still blind. Um, so yeah, I wasn't even sure if that was going to be a real thing. Like, did, had this entire season been a <laughs> been a, a projection? I don't know. <laughs> that would have been stupid. I don't think they'll ever fall into that problem again because it was so bad when it happened to, what, the Bob Hope show or something. Um yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. I knew that another show did that. Yeah, that was the main one. That's why everybody. That's what people are always talking about when they say it was all a dream, even though people seen, might not I even know. I could have seen about them it. taking it past 
you know, more than one story, though, uh, not necessarily just the same episode. But. The only other show that did it was Breaking Bad when they did the fake ending. When, uh, Are you Brian, talking about that? Like a Comic-Con thing or something? The Where Brian Cranston um, re- did his role at, as the dad and Malcolm in the middle. That's and right. He woke up <laughs> and it was, he's saying, I had this terrible dream where how's this drug deal? I made, I made drugs and I killed people. So, <laughs> that, that's great. That's perfect. Um, but yeah. So it's not really a two-parter, but I think it was, it, I guess it was it could It us. could end up being one because like maybe we'll see these monk guys again in the next episode and they're you know, trying to take over their world. Might. Did, um, did you, was there, was there a preview? At the end of the episode, do you know? It no, I don't think so. I didn't see any, and I usually see them. Um, usually, when I hit pause at the end of the episode, I still get to see the the thing that's next, like next time. time. Yeah, I always um, I always pause it before it starts playing, but I always see I those words. It, this time, I, it went straight into the I credits. I think it just was straight to the credits. Yeah, which is but not the, I, I don't know if there was anything after the credits. Sometimes there is stuff after the credits. I don't know. So yeah. Good so episode. last last week we said. Last week we said it was the best episode of the season. This week we have to say the same thing, right? I would say so, yeah. <laughs> I think what well, we said yes. Uh, last week we said that it was that episode and the pilot kind of combined. The pilot, yeah, the pilot was a close second, I think. And then I think this one took the cake for the rest of the season. Yeah. Well, I don't know about well, the rest we'll of the see. season. <laughs> we'll see about the finale. The finales are always good, especially with the. Uh, with Moffat's final finale, should be pretty darn good. Uh, he's got to have some kind of good exit, you know? It better be. <laughs> <laughs> or else they have to bring him back. Um, I mean, honestly, the time of the Doctor could have been, you know, they could have had that be uh, Moffat's final episode. It kind of felt like it wrapped up everything that he set up in the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. And if, if that was his finale, that would have been a really good finale. And so if he brings up something along the same lines of that although that could have been a longer episode but if he brings up something along the same quality as that i'd be very happy all right so i don't have so, anything else uh, i don't have anything else to add to you i don't think so no all right uh well that's about it um what episode was six um so we have- uh this was six yes yeah six so it's in the uh halfway point so, the yeah it's the halfway point all right. Um, well, first half is done. First half is now complete. We will see you next week with the next episode, which I don't know the uh, title. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in to Smaller on the Outside. My name is Dave, and I was the Time Lord with you this evening. I'm Andy, who is the companion, and the child that you heard in the background was Liam. <laughs> um, <laughs> so peace out. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Give us a shout, comment, like, subscribe, email it, daviddavisevansmovies.com, and we will see you next week. Peace out. Peace out.